Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. Greetings, everyone. Greetings, everyone. A gorgeous evening here in the Central Florida area. This is the Sebi Podcast Radio Show brought to you live inside the studios of WNSC with my man, my ride partner, Michael Gray from the DMV area. It's always a pleasure to have you again on the panel with us today, Mike. How are you feeling? Man, I'm doing good, Sebi. I'm doing real good. Um, just got off a trip from New York. Man, been chilling lately. Uh, it's, I, it was it was great coming on here and hearing that that West Coast uh, and Nipsey Hustle uh, the theme song music because you know we we got to love the West Coast. Snoop Dogg just dropped a great album. I don't know if you heard it this past Friday. It's called "I Want to Thank Me." So I was I was glad to hear that. Hear that. It it felt good. Shout out to Snoop Dogg for sure. We gotta pay pay tribute to the legends, man. Of course, you got Nipsey, you got Snoop, West Coast rap. I spent nine days over there, Mike. In, in Los Angeles, and that's all you heard. YG, Nip, that's all you heard. Kendrick to the game, that's literally all you heard. But of course, big boy rap is back. Um, I know you're a huge fan of Rick Ross. Yes, you? yes, sir. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, indeed, as well. And there's a lot that's been going on besides just music and pop culture this past week in the sports world. It st- never seems to amaze me, Mike. There's always something going on in the sports world. Every single week, we think we got to figure out, but we don't. Um, so let, let's, let's go ahead and dive into it real quick. I'm going to go ahead and ask you some questions here, and you give me some feedback. We'll start off with the trendy, the trendy topic that's been going on right now. Antonio Brown and all of his antics and his divas with the helmet. What's been going on with Antonio Brown? Are the Raiders... Really a show, Mike. I, I watched Hard Knock last week, and I was thrilled by what I saw. But are the Raiders really a, a, a Kardashian, aren't they? Yeah. It's, it's, it's dicey because I don't know if one, one person can make you a show, but he sure has done some things that can, can make you make you feel otherwise because I think Antonio Brown right now is – um. He's definitely he's definitely turned this organization into a circus because right now you, you you just you don't hear anything you don't hear much about you know the team that they have this upcoming season you don't hear much about the play on the field you don't hear much about what we're gonna see how good the Raiders are gonna be you know as it pertains to football and what's going what's going on in the field and how they're gonna win games you don't hear too much about that right now the majority of what you're hearing about with the Oakland Raiders is. Antonio Brown drama with the helmet or his foot or, you know, think week after week, it's always something. It seems like every time it's and everything's going to get squared away, we get hit with something else that says, oh, well, he's leaving the facility for this and he's not coming back for this and things of that nature. It's to the point now where we don't even know if he's going to be there by week one, you know. But this this has been such a, a weird and dicey situation because, you know, the, the Raiders are on hard knocks right now. So it could be, it's, it's a high possibility that, it's something behind the scenes that we don't know about as far as uh, is Antonio being used as a scapegoat, you know, for ratings, you know, because these are some outrageous stories. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've never really heard all my years of being a fan of the NFL. I've never really heard a situation like this with a player um, 
this adamant about getting a, a particular helmet. And it's 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 it's, it's, it's got to be something special about this helmet. I understand he's looking out for his safety, but there's got to be a, so it's a plethora of other selection of helmets that you can choose from that um that 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 should that should help your safety as well. Like there's so many other different helmets. I don't know what's so special about this particular one that you know Antonio Brown is making such a big deal out of. But he's looking bad right now for himself outside of football because yes, at the end of the day, he he came out with an interview a while back and said, "I don't need the NFL." But at the same time, it's, it's, it's looking right now that, like, yeah, you might not need the NFL, but you are still a brand. And that brand carries with you after football. And you're not setting yourself up of uh, good after football for, you know, future uh, people that might want to invest in you, future brands that might want to come and do business with you. They might not be – they might hinder that because they see how you act and you still have childish ways. And it, this, just, this just a very dicey and weird situation. Uh, hopefully it all gets squared away by week one because – I actually think the Oakland Raiders can improve from last season. You know, they they didn't have a great season last year, but on the field, we know how good Antonio Brown can be, and I just want the focus to come back to football instead of all this off-the-field stuff. And you have to feel for the Raiders here. Obviously, we've seen all the – Oh, I don't. All of the memes, all the memes with the foot. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's you, probably I, the – that's the craziest foot I've ever seen, Mike. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that, that's true. That's true. I don't feel for the Raiders though. They they knew what they signed up for when they signed up with Antonio Brown. I don't feel bad for the Raiders at all. Well, this is this is what I was leading up to, Mike. I mean, Mike Mayock and of course John Gruden have to know what they signed up for, you, and, and you have to feel for the Raiders in this aspect. You know, they're trying to build a culture. This is why Mike Mayock got hired and John Gruden as well. They're trying to build a radar a, 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 a culture back with the Raiders, the winning culture. You know, there's a great guy by the name of Al Davis that used to coach. The Raiders mm-hmm. back in the days, and he said what? The famous quote, he says, just win, baby. The Raiders want to get back to the glory days of the silver and black. And they brought in and knowing that he has all these behavior issues on and off the field to become a leader. Well, how about the number four overall pick that we all scratched our head about? Farrell, he's had a great preseason, by the mm-hmm. way, Mike, mm-hmm. in Go that ahead. defensive line. Yeah. We talk about Hunter Renfro from the Cleve, uh, Clemson Tigers who's won two national titles in three seasons. You brought young guys like Josh Jacobs running back from Alabama. So they've got some talent there. So these Mm -hmm. young guys that are looking up to uh, potentially a leader like Antonio Brown, they have to ask themselves, well, this is, this is who we're supposed to be looking at. I mean, uh, we understand that he's this all world dynamic talent, but where, where is the leadership? You know, where's the model? Where's the standard that we have to follow? And you have to ask yourself, Antonio, Come on, I mean, you come to the silver and black, you want it out of Pittsburgh, you got your wish. I, I mean, I, come on, Antonio, the apples and pears, you got to pick something, Mike. You, you, def- you definitely do, and, and you're absolutely right. This, when, when it comes when it comes to this Raiders team, they, they have so much, it's so much to look forward to and so much to talk about with this team outside of, you know, the drama. And, and when it comes to football, they actually have some young pieces that they're rebuilding, and you're absolutely right. When you when you when you get rid of a Khalil Mack, you get rid of an Amari Cooper, and and ship them away to other teams, that just lets you know you're going in a different direction because and, those and are you two. See how they're doing in other. Oh teams my too. goodness! Both both of them were were were, were franchise changing players for their organizations when they when they as soon as they arrived, and um, it, it, it just lets you know that the type of direction that they're trying to go in because they actually have some very young pieces, and I would love to see them come together and see what they're going to look like on the field, you know, just outside of all this drama. But you're right. This, this Raiders team so far has looked pretty good in the, in the preseason, especially last week. And uh, I can't wait to see what Hard Knocks looks like tomorrow. 
Yes, they did. They had a great week two against Kyler Murray. Really beat up the number one overall pick mm-hmm. in Arizona. From Oakland, we travel down south to Texas, where the Dallas Cowboys are always on the news. You know, Jerry Jones and his $3,000 million penthouse that he has and that casino there. They're back on the news, Mike, and it's Zeke and it's Jerry Jones. Zeke, in the last three seasons, all he's done is two of the last three lead the league in rushing. By far, been the best running back production-wise. And, of course, Jerry Jones, really good friends with Zeke. All of a sudden, doesn't want to pay him. He's throwing jokes at Zeke. Zeke and his agents aren't taking that lightly. They think it's offensive. What is going on with Big D? Are the boys looking like they're going to crack, Mike? Well, I don't, I don't know. I think it really all depends on which direction Jerry Jones wants to go to because we all know Jerry Jones, he loves that. He absolutely loves Dak Prescott. He loves everything about him. He loves his leadership. He loves his makeup. He loves his humility. The fact that he, you know, he's willing to be coached. I don't think he learn. likes forty million dollar Mike. Uh, 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 forty dollar million dollar Dak though, Mike. No, absolutely, absolutely not. Me and you agree on that for sure. <laughs> Dak Prescott is not worth forty million dollars. I don't even think he's worth thirty million dollars. They offered him that thirty million dollar contract. I don't think he's worth that. Well, well, we we know Jerry Jones has something with spending money. No, yeah, you you absolutely, you absolutely right. But I, I just when I look at the market, when I think a thirty million dollar quarterback, I'm thinking about a top top six or seven quarterback. Dak Prescott, in my opinion, is not a top six or seven quarterback. And when I when I watch him, I don't see a franchise leading. If everything if everything is going wrong in the playoffs, uh, he he's that guy that can carry us and take us over the hump. I don't see that guy when I watch him. So you absolutely right. They, I, it's it's dicey because usually. You're right, Seb. Usually you pay the franchise quarterback. But the franchise quarterback does not is not the focal point of this offense. That would be Ezekiel Elliott. And I, and I know I understand that Ezekiel Elliott has two years left on his contract and Dak Prescott only has one year, one year left on his contract. So it, in, in retrospect, it would seem like Dak Prescott would be the uh, uh, focal point of getting paid and, and, and making sure that his contract is taken care of first. But at the same time, Ezekiel Elliott plays the running back position. What do we know about the running back position in the NFL? Your time to get a, a big-time contract is very slim to none in most cases. And this is Ezekiel Elliott's best chance right now to get paid. You know, right now he's his, the healthiest he's ever been. He's coming off another rushing title. He, 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 his production has been amazing up, up until this point. You know, he's outplayed his rookie contract by far since his rookie year. So his, his time to get his money is right now. He doesn't want to wait till next season to possibly, you know, get hurt. Or, or, or the Cowboys run him to death this past season, this upcoming season, and wear him down like they did DeMarco Murray to the point where they, 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 they where his value will diminish and he won't be able to get the money that he wants next year. He His time to get his money is right now, and he understands that. He doesn't want to wait around for anybody. He, he's still looking out for his future and himself. And I understand where he's coming from because of the, the market for running backs nowadays. They're, 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 this will probably be the best – the best contract he's ever gotten and the only time he gets a contract this big. So I see where Zeke is coming from. He's looking out for himself, and he absolutely should. He has the right to do that. And I, you're right, Jerry Jones is in, a, is in a dicey position because you need a quarterback, but you also need Zeke. So it's dicey. It is a dicey situation. I, I, Jalen Smith already got his money. They took care of him. Amari Cooper looks like he possibly could be next to get to, get to make sure he's straight. But uh, as far as Dak and Zeke are concerned, it's a dicey situation, and I'm sure uh, the Cowboys will figure something out. But it, right now, it's, it's looking, it's looking, it's not looking promising. And if they, if they don't keep this up, Zeke is going to miss a few games, if not majority of the season. 
He deserves every penny of that contract, Mike. Ezekiel Elliott, by far one of the premier running backs. In fact, players that we have in the NFL. The yes. championship window for Dallas is right now. Yep. They're a major reason why I picked them to come out the NFC East. Now, if Zeke doesn't play, I might have a chance to uh, rethink my pick there in the NFC East. <laughs> but, of course, the Dallas Cowboys have a decision to make with their star-studded triplets there of Amari, Dak, and Ezekiel Elliott. From Dallas, we go to two cities that are in talks of potentially doing a little trade. Trent Williams from your DMV area, your Washington Redskins, wants out of Washington. It's in disarray. He's not comfortable there. He's not happy with the medical staff. He's not happy with the coaching staff. And that's two things that you don't want to be happy with. And he wants out. But the Texans, they've had one of the worst offensive lines in football for a very long time, Mike. Now they have Deshaun Watson, arguably one of the top receivers in the game, and DeAndre Hopkins. You've got uh, Fuller on the outside. and But the only thing stopping the Texans, and this great defense that they have, of course, but they need a solid offensive line. There's a trade out there that says Trent Williams for the Jadavion Clowney. Mike, what do you make about this? Whew. Wow. Um, that's interesting. Cause yeah, I like, mean, it would it would help int- Deshaun Watson's blind side. It, it, it would help Deshaun Watson's blind side a lot, but that takes away a defensive lineman that is a force to be reckoned with, and he's only getting better by time as time goes on and by the year. Um, Jadavian Jadavian Clowney is a special piece because when you have a guy like JJ Watt on your team that takes double teams and like the offensive line is consistently worried about him, that frees up guys like Jadavian Clowney. And the fact that he gets one-on-one opportunities and continues to, you know, get in the backfield. He might not put up a lot of sacks and big-time numbers year after year, but he's a force to be reckoned with, and he's somebody that offensive lines definitely have to pay attention to. But you're absolutely right. I think protecting I think protecting uh, Deshaun Watson's blind side and getting him a, a solidified left tackle like Trent Williams, in my opinion, the best left tackle in football. Getting him guy, getting him somebody like that would definitely help and this offense, especially a Lamar Miller. You know, Lamar Miller is, is an emerging running back in this game, and Trent Williams is a great run blocker as well as he is pass blocker. So getting somebody like Trent Williams who can block not only uh, defensive ends, but can go out and pull and can, and can, and can hit linebackers, hit, uh, hit, hit corners, and he's great in space. He's very quick for a big man, and – that, that that's something major. That that's something that would probably help Houston because and also help Duke Johnson. Because Duke Johnson just got acquired from the Cleveland Browns for Houston. So that that, that can help their two man running game along with Deshaun Watson. And that's something that they very, very well need. So sometimes when you when you're trading a great player like that, you have to lose another very great, very solid player. And that's exactly what Jadavion Clowney is. And um and I don't think that would be a bad trade on either side. Right, and as I was going to bring this to you, Mike, I mean, when you, if you're the Redskins side of the equation, do you accept and bring in a Jadavian Clowney with an already opportunistic defense that I think that can be really good? Oh, man, it sets every day. I'm telling you right, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, this defense has a chance to be a top-five defense in the league this year. That's how special the Redskins are. And if Ruben Foster didn't get hurt early in OTAs, I think they, would, they could have been legitimately been a top-three defense. That's how good this defense is from top to bottom. That they really cover each other well with their, with different in, in each sector of this defense, and um, I, I think adding a Jadavion Clowney to to that already great defensive line would would, would only would only maximize and help their value and continue to uh, put them over the hump because 
the Red Redskins have a very good defense and have a chance to do something special this year, but assuming everybody stays healthy. No doubt, no doubt. And, Mike, you got to look at it in this situation, too, in the NFC East. You're going against – you got to stop running backs like Ezekiel Elliott yep. and Saquon Barkley, yep. even uh, jo- uh, Jordan Howard that came – got acquired from the Chicago Bears. Runners that are physical, you know, up front and also between the tackles. You need a guy that can stop the run. And then you got to get a guy get after the quarterback. You got Carson Wentz in that division. You got Eli Manning. I know he's not the same. And, of course, you got Dak Prescott. So, getting a pass rusher wouldn't be a bad thing for the Redskins. Definitely there for sure. We'll see what to have there as well. Any other major news that's going on in the NFL? We know that the biggest stars have been sitting out in preseason thus far, Mike. But what stood out to you when we look at preseason week two of course, Daniel Jones lit up the numbers again. He had his ups and downs, had a couple fumbles due to uh, backup centers. But he really did well in his second preseason action. But guys like Jimmy Garoppolo really struggled against that Denver defense, that Denver defense that you think will win the AFC West this year, actually. So what did you see in week two? What stood out to you? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Jimmy G did not look well, but you're right, like I said. That, that Denver defense, man. I was Bob Miller and those boys were coming after him. And, uh, yeah, he threw a couple of picks, looked a little rusty. You know, you know, I, I, I'm not worried about that because, you know, rust, rust really is a factor in this category. You know, Jimmy G really, when he went down in week one of last year against Minnesota Vikings and literally they had to miss the entire season. So this is his first time getting some real action against another team. Um, not, I'm, not, I'm not really too surprised that he looked bad. And, and not only going against another team, he went against – well, what I think can be a top a top five defense and one of the top defenses in the league this year in the Denver Broncos. So, you know, they really came after him, uh, showed him some things that he wasn't familiar with. And I think I think he'll bounce back and, and look a lot better come week one of the season and look better. But uh, you're absolutely right. Devon, uh, I was surprised. I was surprised with how good Joe Flacco looked. Joe Flacco looked pretty well, pretty well um, against the 49ers in this game. He was very precise. Uh, he made a couple of big plays. And Emmanuel Sanders from that ACL. Absolutely. Emmanuel Sanders keeps continues to prove why, you know, how special he is and how he keeps making plays and doing his thing. Boy, is he fast, Mike. Yeah, he's, he's fast. He's lightning fast. And also, he had now, and now with, with that speed, he has a quarterback like Joe Flacco with that deep ball that can actually make some things happen down the field for him. You know, he, he, it's going to be special to watch. Special one because. When I look at them from top to bottom, yes, they lost Darian Stewart. Yes, they lost T.J. Wolf from that Super Bowl team that keeps the lead. But they have so many special players on that defense that just rattle you. You know, Bradley Chubb looks like a literally clone of Von Miller. Bradley Chubb is going to be something special to run with. Him along with Von Miller are really going to make some things happen along with Derek Wolf and others. But uh, you're right, Jimmy G, didn't, Jimmy G uh, didn't look that impressive. I was very impressed with the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts, uh, they have a linebacker that doesn't get a lot of credit and isn't talked about as much as he should. His name is Darius Leonard, number, oh my. number 53. He's good, Mike. He's, He's really special. good. He really is a special player. And I, I think he really made a name for himself last season when, when they when they were making noise, especially in the playoffs. He he, he definitely made a name for himself. And um, he I think he's going to take that next step. He, he's consistently in the 100 and the 130 category as far as tackles. 
You know, he's one. He's really he's, he. He can consider him a top five linebacker in this game. That's how special he is, and I expect him to have a breakout season. He looked he looked very good against the Browns uh, 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 in, in in this week's matchup, and I was I was very impressed with him and how how things look. Definitely, um, yeah, definitely, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. There, um, he was the main reason why Indianapolis finished top ten in offense last year and top ten in defense. That's what people really forgot. Mm-hmm. They turned their season around from one and five to finish eleven and five due to the fact of Darius Leonard in the middle, the signal caller of that Indianapolis Colts defense there as well. I I got a chance to see that Chiefs game, that Chiefs and Pittsburgh game. And early, it, it seemed to me that all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes got rattled. I'm not sure if that Pittsburgh Steelers defense has something to say about it. But um, what should we expect as an encore for Patrick Mahomes as he defends his NFL MVP title this season? Oh, we should expect another great season. Make no mistake about it. It's certain, it's certain teams that I'm not worried about in the preseason, simply because they're not even putting out their entire offense. They're just throwing up a few plays here and there. They're not really getting too creative. They're just uh they're just getting through just just working on a few little kinks kinks of that nature in in the arm and trying to get knock some rust off and get get players acclimated. But I'm not worried about Patrick Mahomes and his Kansas City Chiefs offense at all. I mean, uh, they have weapons everywhere. You know, you the the only the only uh weakness I guess you could look at that from compared to last year is the running back position because they don't have Kareem Hunt anymore. You know, but but at the same time, the weapons that they have outside. They don't necessarily need a running game, and I think Pat, Pat, they don't need a consistent running game, and uh, they don't they, like they don't rely on the running uh, attack, if you will, because every everybody needs a running game, but they don't rely on it as much as other teams do. So, I, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be fine. I don't know if he'll score fifty touchdowns this year, but I think he'll definitely uh, be in the thirty-five to forty range, which is which is also very impressive. And I also think he, they're going to be one of the top offenses in the league. That Patrick Mahomes will be fine this year for sure. Definitely there. Travis Kelsey earlier on in Kansas City in the media, he said that what should we think when we think of Kansas City Chiefs this year? He said speed kills. He says he loves the emergence of their third round pick and McCole Hardman from Georgia. You talk about him and Tyreek Hill as skill position players. <laughs> Watch out for the Chiefs. They can really, really come at you in a lot of ways. They should be a fun team to watch, of course, in the NFL and a lot of other teams that we should keep our eyes on this season because there's a lot of things that's been going on in the preseason, Mike, there as well. We go to Arizona where we really saw Kyler Murray really struggle, really struggle with accuracy, with mechanics. What should we really think about with Kyler Murray when it comes to their first season under Cliff Kingsbury? Right. Kyler Murray I think I think Kyler Murray is, is going to be fine. You know, what I mean, I, I don't I don't think I think this is a it's starting to look like a situation where Arizona might be the problem, not the quarterbacks, because I, I, it's just preseason. I don't want to make too big a deal out of it. We got to wait and see how Kyler Murray does this regular season. But when it comes to when it comes to the uh, Arizona Cardinals, we saw how bad Josh Rosen looked last year with them, and then last week, last uh, th- this past this past week against the Atlanta Falcons. He looked very poised and very good against um against the Atlanta Falcons in preseason. He played the first half and played some of the third quarter. And we're looking at Kyler Murray. He had no protection yesterday. I mean, the Oakland Raiders were all uh, the, the, uh, last week. The Oakland Raiders were all over his all in his back. All uh, they were they were just continuously in his face over and over again. And the play calling was subpar. 
You know what I mean? So it, it was to the point where they were protecting him. They weren't trying to put him out there as much as as, as they wanted to. But, you know, he did look inaccurate sometimes He at, at times. But that was because he was evading the rush and he needs, needs to work on a few things. I don't want to make too, too much bigger deal out of the Clips Kingsbury. I think he'll, the play calling will get better as the season goes along and he'll put Kyler Murray in positions for him to be successful. But for right now, I think it's because of the preseason. We're not really getting all the wrinkles out. We're not seeing all the chinks in the armor. And, you know, we, we just have to wait and see. But you're right. Earlier, he did struggle. I'm glad. I, I actually am impressed. I'm actually um, and find joy. Not, not necessarily find joy, but I get encouraged by seeing young rookie quarterbacks or young quarterbacks struggle in the preseason because they're learning. They're getting it all out. They're getting those that uh, those, those early bugs out of, out of their system before the regular season starts and before real time comes. So I actually uh, get encouraged by seeing that because I know this is the this is the NFL and they're going to continue to improve off of that. Definitely, they're not. Mike, I got to I got to disagree with you here. I'm I'm worried about Arizona because a big issue with Arizona last year they were top uh, one of, amongst the last five teams in the NFL bottom half against uh, protecting quarterbacks and that's where they really got beat in that offensive line. Now they brought in R.J. Sweeney from uh, the Seahawks. That's the one guy that they replaced, but the other four starters on that offensive line has that continuity right continuity right there hasn't been good and so i worry about that and then you have a guy like Kyler Murray who's a mobile quarterback if you can't protect him up front he's going to be running for dear life and that's what scares me a little bit and another thing the mechanics and the inaccuracy now i'm not going to take a lot to that because i watched a lot of Oklahoma games i saw Kyler Murray make pinpoint accurate throws right so maybe he's just adjusting to the NFL and things of that nature. But there's one thing, kind of like what you said earlier, and I'm going to use this against you, Mike. If it's Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and they're having these, you know, growing pains in the preseason, I'm not worried about that. But for a young guy like Kyler Murray, there's a thing that comes habits. And one thing I know about young guys is when they have habits in a preseason, they tend to be permanent habits and permanent tendencies in a regular season. And so the mechanics, throwing off your back foot, you can't get away with that in the, in the NFL. And I think he'll learn that quick. Yeah, Trying to run away on your right side and then throwing across your body towards the left side, that's not going to work in the NFL. And so I worry about that uh, for Arizona. And this is why I had David Johnson as a candidate for comeback player of the year. I think they're going to run the ball with him. I think they're going to allow to do a lot of pistol option, read option with Kyler Murray and David Johnson, get him involved to alleviate some pressure from their young quarterback. And so I, I worry about that for Arizona because habits can turn to tendencies for young guys. That's true. They, they absolutely can. But And, uh, and you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm worried about the Arizona Cardinals as well because well, I didn't expect much from them this year anyway. You know, I, I expect them to be around the same uh, around the same team that they were last year because I don't care who they have at the quarterback position, they haven't taken care of the pieces outside of the quarterback, the, around the quarterback on both sides, offense and defense, in order for me to think that they can take that next step as a team. So absolutely right. I don't, I, I didn't have very much high expectations for Arizona, but I do expect Kyler Murray to play a lot better than he did in this last game because he's that special of a player, and I think he's gonna. He's gonna do it. He's gonna do some things this year. He's gonna surprise some teams. He's gonna make make some things happen. But he can only do but so much in his rookie year. He, I don't think he and himself can offset the problems that Arizona has outside of them and 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 so on and so forth. 
definitely there. And lastly, Mike, I have to say this through two weeks. Boy, that Baltimore defense that was top rated last year, <laughs> they look really good <laughs> in two games in the preseason. Oh my goodness. They they look really good, Mike. I mean, they, they and they brought in Earl Thomas, who I think can be a candidate for defensive player of the year this year with just his impact on the field. Yep. That Baltimore team, especially defensive, they look stingy. They look stiny. They look suffocating. The, the purple monsters. I mean, Lamar Jackson, you saw what he did against Green Bay. I mean, that was just a video game move, Mike. Like, that's a joystick. How, how can you do that? You can't teach that. Nope. You, some guys are just born different. And Lamar Jackson running the football and feeling pressure and just escaping it and making a move, you can't teach that. And so Baltimore to me, who I think I have them winning the division this year, okay. steam a team that's primed to do a lot of damage. But, boy, defensively, Mike, you I think John Harbour has to be pleased with what he's seen so far through two games. Oh, oh, for sure, defensively he has to be pleased. And you're absolutely right. I think, I think people really underestimated the acquisition of a guy like Earl Thomas. Somebody like Earl Thomas coming on your team elevates everybody else on that defense. You 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 play harder because you have somebody back there that's going to be on you. He, he's not he's a no nonsense guy. He's one of those vocal leaders that will let you know when you're not playing up to snuff, and he will let you know about it. He'll he'll make sure that he hold, he's accountable. He holds everybody accountable, and that's that's what made that that's what helped make that Seattle defense so special during those Legion of Boom during that Legion of Boom era because they had guys on that team that held everybody else accountable. And Baltimore already has that mystique. Ever since Ray Lewis retired, they've always carried that mystique from Ray Lewis defensively. You know, you had guys like C.J. Mosley, Eric Weddle, Terrell Suggs was still there for a long time. You had that mystique in Baltimore, and it's still there. It's always been there. And then you add a guy like Earl Thomas who fits right into that mold. Oh, man, this Baltimore defense is going to be special. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I was hurt, and it's sad to me to see Tavon Young get hurt. Because Tavon... Tavon Young is really one of the most emerging young underrated corners that we have in this league. He was he he already had signed a contract that made him the highest nickelback corner in NFL history, easily in the game. So I think he he's he's really a big loss for them. He really could have helped put this defense over the hump, but still all in all without Tavon Young. They still have that mystique, they still have those certain pieces in line, players that know how to play their role and fit in perfectly. And it's it, when they play together, when they, when this defense comes together, oh my goodness, it's special. And I, I'm I'm very interested. I've always been intrigued by watching uh, uh, Ravens defenses in the past, especially last season. But I'm definitely more intrigued to watching this year because of the acquisition of Earl Thomas, and I know how he can elevate everybody else's play on that defense. Right, right. The Ravens GM said that Lamar Jackson is going to run less this year. Throw that out the way. I want to see him run. (laughs) The the guy is just unbelievable in what he does. And John Harbaugh and his Baltimore Ravens, definitely a team to not only be reckoned with in the AFC North, but also in, of course, across the AFC Conference. That's right. When we come back, Mike, We'll go ahead and talk pop culture in the NFL. Could that actually merge together? Well, if your name is Jay-Z, anything's possible. You're listening to the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming live inside the studios of WNSE. (laughs) 
Let's go. Hey. Hello, everybody. How you feeling tonight? You know what we about to do. We on that namaste, yeah, yeah, ride, pride, and honor. And you know where I'm recording that, right? Boss the engineer, dash. It's been a great, great week, and I want to say thank you guys so much for following me around the Orlando community. I've done the Issa shoot, I've done the Hippie Hideout, I've been at Members Only, and you know where I've been this whole time, just hiding in the library with Jaden Visionary. I just have to say I thank you guys so much for tuning in with us, and keep, keep, keep popping for the community. Hey, y'all! Jay-Z, Empire State of Mind, back here inside the studios of WNSC and the 7 Podcast Radio Show. Myself and Michael Gray. Jay-Z, Mike, the first billion-dollar rapper in rapping history. I mean, you would think of all the greats, Nas here to Tupac to Eminem and a few others. It would be Jay-Z himself, the Brooklyn prodigy. That, of course, is the first billion-dollar world. Well, earlier on this week, he joined alliances with Roger Goodell and the NFL to, I guess, join forces to talk about social injustice. And, of course, he's got the rights to host and direct this year's Super Bowl halftime show, which will be in Miami, actually, where Mike just came from a couple weeks ago there for you. Of course, his partner, Colin Kaepernick, you remember that name, of course. Yes, Colin Kaepernick, former quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, will be joining Jay-Z as well. Now, I don't, I know Jay-Z, he's a businessman, Mike. I don't expect him to be performing in the halftime show, do you? Absolutely not. I don't think, I don't think this is for him to perform. I think he's just, uh, he to, to run that the halftime show and make sure that everything, you know, the entertainment is more, it's more variety of entertainment. You know, we, we, we normally see the halftime show catered to one side of the country and, and one audience instead of instead of pretending to having a variety and pretending and like spreading it out to a majority of the uh, audiences and everybody else so everybody can understand. I'm not going to lie to you, Seth. There's been times growing up where I've watched the uh, halftime show and I can't even tell you who those halftime performers are. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I can't recognize them. I don't know who they Get are. Get on, Mike. <laughs> never, heard of their, never heard their music before, things of that nature. So, you know, instead of instead of just catering to one audience, have it spread it out in variety to all audiences. And we've I had some Jay- pretty bad ones, the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, oh my goodness, man! Oh my goodness, I, I, I just it's, it's certain. It's like Madonna. It's, Remember that in Super Bowl Forty Five? Absolutely, absolutely, do it. it, it it's, it's been a little. It's been dicey, and I think Jay Z there to help. I don't think it's for him per se to perform, but you know, I don't. I don't think I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you, sir. <laughs> I don't think they're ready for a Jay Z performance for halftime shows. I, 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 I don't think it's for him to perform. I don't think the world is ready for that one just yet. But um, but I think for him to he, you know, he's plugged in with a lot of hip hop artists, a lot of artists in general that 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 can bring some buzz and 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 really spark something for the halftime show. But no, I don't think he's performing per se. I don't think the world is ready for that one yet. Uh, Seb. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. There's been speculations, guys like Miguel or maybe um Rihanna. Boy, would I like that, Mike? <laughs> and some others as potential performers there as well. But you have to look outside of football. This is bigger than just football itself. This has to be 
uh, a monumental thing. I, I think this is a milestone in the game. You having a guy with a Jay Z with his platform, as in terms of one of the biggest pop culture celebrities, perhaps ever, to join alliances with the NFL to make this possible. I've always said early on in this week on our social media that you know I, I'm calling out the guys like Cam Newtons, who's fun and loving, loves the game of basketball, loves the game of football, playing basketball outside of football when he gets a chance to guys like Julio Jones, LeBron James, uh, you know, Michael Bennett using their platforms. They're always guys that are preaching for equality and racial injustice with sports. And I'm calling those guys out to follow the trends of a Colin Kaepernick, follow the trends of Jay-Z. Because one thing I know about this, Mike, 80% of our black men in the NFL are black men. And you got to ask yourself, the NFL needs us. We don't need them. And so I think it's up to them to use that platform and that light that they have to do something like Jay-Z is doing as well. That's a, that's a good point. And I, you're absolutely right. I love what Jay-Z is doing. And I, I absolutely love I love this move. You know, he's caught a lot of slack from it. And, you know, people are trying to get him to explain his moves and things of that nature so quickly. And I'm just like, no, nah, that's not the premise. Like, and you know we 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 saw what you know Colin Kaepernick's camp and Eric Reed and guys were saying this isn't what this isn't about Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick brought awareness to police brutality and you know um, racial injustice that that uh, that we have to go through on a day to day basis in this country, and that's the premise. That's the point. We can't just kneel for the rest of our lives and think our problems are going to be solved. No, he's taking action. He's actually getting a seat at the table in the offices with these people, with these executives, with these higher-ups, getting a seat at the table, getting getting the conversation sparked. And now we'll see what comes through. It's only been a week. He just started this last week. So we're really in the beginning stages of this process. We don't know what's going to happen. They probably are, don't even know what's going to happen just yet. They're probably working on something right now. We have to give them time. Jay-Z has done so much for our community, so much for our people, that for us to sit here now and try to call him a sellout and say he's doing this for money, you're looking at this through one through a tunnel vision, through one uh, view instead of looking at it from a broader perspective. This is this is not Jay Z. Don't need the NFL money. He doesn't need he doesn't need anything from the NFL. He's doing this because Colin Kaepernick brought awareness to something that's bigger than him, bigger than uh, the NFL. It's, it's bigger than all of us, and it's it's an it's a plan to take action and move forward. From that, you know, it's it's a great start. Colin Kaepernick kneeling was a very, like he said, was a necessary step in the process. But it was a process that, that but that, that isn't the end of the process. That's the beginning. We're, 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 we still got a long ways to go and to keep this going. You know, uh, uh, Martin Luther King died just because Martin Luther King passed away. We didn't just give up. No, we still sparked the conversation 50 years later and, and continue to try to strive and make this a better place. And getting a seat at the table with those execs is something major. And I'm glad, I'm proud of Jay-Z for doing it. And I can't wait to see what comes from this. Absolutely as well. Jay-Z definitely being a pillar of the community, but also a pillar to the NFL game there as well. Could we see any other things like this? Any pop culture guys in the future Mike doing some sort of collaboration whether it be Drake with his popularity in the NBA game uh, guys like Quavo and others could we see any more collabs 
using with pop culture artists is using their platforms to enable and empower the NFL game, the NBA game, the baseball game, or whatever you know genre it may be, Mike. I, I think we absolutely can, and I hope we do. You know, something like this, like the, the, that's how big of a movement this is. Jay Z is such a big name, and somebody that everybody, and he's such a, a respected, respected guy. Like he's so respected in his field and, and others. Like everybody loves Jay Z. He's so he's so popular in our, in our culture that this could this could be something that could start off for somebody else. You know what I mean? It's like somebody like uh, anybody else in our in our in our culture, like big, big time. It doesn't even have to be hip hop names. Just big uh, big time names in our culture can spark can spark a movement to okay. I want to do something with the NBA. I want to do something with MLB. I want to do something with you know. I want to help Jay Z with this NFL situation. This, like this this right here is a precedent for future things to come and. Like I'm not about to shoot this man down after everything that he's done. If Jay Z wanted to sell out, trust and believe he could have done it years ago, before me and you were even born, Sebi. So this this isn't about him selling out. This is about him making a, a, a statement and making an action and ta- and really being the aggressor in the situation, trying to make things happen. I absolutely love it. And I think I think he definitely has set a trend. Other other celebrities can definitely follow suit and not only join him but make the same uh, type of changes in their community as well definitely there jay-z changing the game of course for all of the guys in the nba and everyone in particular because jay-z definitely the billion dollar man that everybody wants there for us i wouldn't be surprised mike if drake might be the next one he's already got the six and perhaps the entire country of canada together i wouldn't be surprised if himself in Adam Silver had to sit down and talks about this. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Drake is that type of guy that can make that happen, and he's that type of person that would make that happen. So, you know, with his cachet and, and what he brings to the table, he's he's putting he's not only just popular in Toronto, but he's popular all over the world. I mean, Drake is one of the most likable guys in the industry, and you're right, he has a whole country behind him. And uh, and what what to, with Toronto just winning a championship, the buzz that's in that in that in that country right now. I think this would be a great time to make to make something like that happen. Absolutely. One thing for sure, all of the NBA players, all of them, loves them some Drizzy, for sure. We'll be back here in the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. When we shift gears to the NBA, some big news coming in. We'll go ahead and talk about it up next. Hi, I'm Fanny. I'm Cecilia. I'm Joanna. And I'm Alwyn Jr. And we are Precise Tax and Accounting Services in Central Florida. And we would love to give a special thanks to Sebi Podcast Crew for keeping us up to date with everything sports during this busy tax season. Do you find yourself overwhelmed by the changes in our new tax law? Or would you just love to have the peace of mind that comes with dealing with a well-informed professional? If so... Reach out to us for any of your tax, accounting, or small business needs, and be sure to let us know that SEBI Podcast sent you. Thank you. The SEBI Podcast radio show inside the studios of WNSC, myself and Michael Gray. Our last and final segment today, guys, is proud and sponsored by Geico. That's right. Geico Gecko. Listen, you don't even need to be a gecko because even a gecko knows, right? 
15 minutes can save you 15% from your car insurance. Our friends, Jeff here and our Central Florida partners of Geico has said, if you're in an auto accident, auto insurance, life insurance, the gecko himself is the one that can get you. 15 minutes can save you 15% on your car insurance and tell him that the SEBI from the SEBI podcast radio show sent you. And Mike, news breaking earlier today in the NBA. Of course, Tyron Lue, remember him? 2016 coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers world championship with LeBron James. Well, now he's joining Doc Rivers and the staff for the other what? Los Angeles team, that being the Clippers. Yes, indeed. So now that familiarity oh. there. You, <laughs> when did this happen? Like, <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I honestly, I, I think this, this has, I think this is a chess match, Mike, because I think the two Los Angeles teams know that they're the creme of the creme sure. in the Western Conference. So with Frank Vogel gaining Jason Kidd on his coaching staff to coach LeBron James, you know, two of the great, you know, passers in the game. You you pair up Jason Kidd with LeBron James. I mean, you sit in a room, they oh can dissect oh, right. any play because there's some great passers. And I, I think what Doc Rivers has done is they play in a little chess match because they know Tyron Lue has familiarity with LeBron James in his days in Cleveland. I think he knows some of his tendencies. And so he's brought him in as his top assistant on his coaching staff. And I, I think that should be really interesting right now in the Battle of LA. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be interesting. This my, I'm not going to lie to you, Sebi. I was at work all day. I got my head cut, came home, took a nap, got ready for the show. I did not hear this news. I, I, this is just this shocking to me. But you're absolutely right. This is a chess move. This is definitely a chess move. Because having Tyron Lue, on your side, on your sideline, under Doc Rivers. First of all, Tyler Tomalu is a great coach. Let's just put that out there. He's a great basketball coach, a great basketball right. mind. And to have him as your head coach is something special. But to have him as your assistant coach under a guy like Doc Rivers, that's only going to help tremendously. And who knows? There's so many other teams out there. I, I think I, you're absolutely right. The, the Lakers and the Clippers possibly could be the cream of the crew. I would give that nod to the Lakers, to, to the Clippers more. And, and, and say that, you know, there's a, there's a few other teams out there in the Western Conference that can possibly contend with the Lakers and really make some noise with them and really and, and give them a run for their money. But um, you're right, this is a chess move of all chess moves. Having somebody who, who formerly coached LeBron knows a lot about LeBron's tendencies, not early on, but now in his career. Like, he knows a lot about the, late, the latest LeBron, the version of LeBron that we've been getting. You know what I mean? So he... he He's no, he knows all about this mature Bron, this this uh this Bron who's really mastered his entire game altogether. So having him on that sideline could, could could definitely help if they were to run into each other. But I, I I'm I'm not so quick as to say that the Lakers are for sure thing as a top two team in the uh, in the Western Conference because the West is that loaded. But you're absolutely right. This move with the Clippers, oh man, this with Tyron Lue, that 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 that's a special move because it's like you essentially have two head coaches on one team. Right, and what's crazy to me, Mike, is you got Frank Vogel, who's the defensive yes. guy for the Lakers, and you've got Jason Kidd as the offensive mind. He's the guru. He's the passer. He's the magician with the rock. And so, again, you have him and LeBron James in one meeting room. You, you can pick e each other's brains. That's that's an incredible room to just be in. Doc Rivers' defensive-minded, going back to his days in Orlando and Boston, and right. also Tyron Lue, who's also defensive-minded. And so to pair up with 
already the core nucleus and the personnel that they have on that team with a Patrick Beverly. Paul George, who's an elite wing at 6'8 as well. And to have guys like Zubox buy in to what they want to preach defensively. Uh, Mike, this is going to be a heavyweight clash uh, when you turn the text, uh, when you think about uh, uh, chess matches for sure. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And when, when I look at the Los Angeles Clippers, it's one of those situations where, yes, because we're, they're getting a lot of talk and a lot of hype in the, in, uh, uh, offseason, they're going to get every team's best shot and every team is going to be gunning for them because they know they're one of the top teams in the NBA. But it's one of those situations where they're so talented that out, outside of injuries, you really don't see them uh, see anybody stopping them. Like, I'm really thinking about a scenario where another team can knock them off. The only way I really, the only way I see the Los Angeles Clippers not making it to at least the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals is injuries to big time players. If the, everybody stays healthy, I don't even, I don't care if they get every team's best shot. They're gonna be uh, a, rec, uh, a a form to be reckoned with. They're gonna be special. They're gonna be a show. And it's it's one of those situations where it's almost like you can't do anything with this team because they're that loaded. On, on the as far as players, as far as the coaching staff, the front office, they just they they they, they make such great moves, and it's really nothing you can do with this team. The only the team, the only the only people that can stop the Clippers are the Clippers, and possibly injuries. That's it. When I look at this team, and adding a guy like Tom Rallu to help the brains and the 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 the, the logistics of how how the, how the season's gonna go, that that's that's tremendous. I love I love the move for the Clippers. They're definitely the move there as well for you and so from the nba game we go global mike to the FIBA world championships where the uh, usa team is actually getting prepared to play australia in an exhibition game before they head to china to play in the world championship a lot of guys dropping out of this team like a lot of guys but the ones that remain for sure you got four celtics you got mark marcus yep. smart you've got kemba walker jason yep. tatum and jayla brown you got guys like donovan mitchell who I think will continue to assert himself as one of the premier young players in the game. Mason Plumlee and Miles Turner as the bigs. Kyle Kuzma to get some great experience in the world game there for sure. And a couple youngsters as well. You had, you had a De'Aaron Fox, who I thought really could have a great tournament because of his versatility. He drops out. Kyle Lowry drops out. So, Mike, could this really be the weakest USA team that we talk about for a very long time? I mean, you got to go up against the Giannis's in Greece who's playing for Greece. Yes. You got to go up against Serbia. They've got a guy named Nikola Jokic as well. So could this really be the weakest USA team going into a world championship? In recent memory, I would say yes, because we, we've rarely seen a situation where a lot of the star players are dropping out of a situation and, and you know, not deciding not to play. Um, especially uh, last minute with a, with a few of the, the, a few of the late dropouts like Fox and Marvin Bagley and guys of that nature. So, you're absolutely right. Uh, this, this, in recent memory, this definitely could be the weakest, but I still give them the knowledge over every other team in the country because this is USA. These are the greatest basketball players to ever live. And you're absolutely right. I, 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 this definitely can be, but um, but I still like our chances against anybody. Definitely there. Some other key players they have, P.J. Tucker still remains. Chris Middleton, who might be their best wing defender, is still on the team there as well. But, Mike, I got to agree with you. It doesn't matter who 
the NBA has. It could be their A squad, their B squad, or their C squad. Typically, what the U- what USA basketball does is they bring their A squad to the Olympics. I think the Olympics is a far more superior and significant medal than the world championship. That's why you get you see guys like Steph Curry, LeBron James, KD, and Kyrie and others prepare for the summer games, which is actually next year in Tokyo. So you'll see all the top guns there. But uh, for the FIBA World Championships, they tend to send their B and C squads there. But nevertheless, you still got some talent, quality talent. Donovan Mitchell, who I think can potentially be a starter on this team. Uh, you've got guys like Kimball Walker as well, who can be a starter. Um, I think guys like P.J. Tucker with his versatility in the FIBA World Championship game, they like the small ball. So with his versatility playing the forward or the power forward can really help this team. And Greg Popovich may go down as one of the most, you know, elite coaches to ever play the game. And so I get coaching. I get the best players in the world. The USA still has to be a favorite. It doesn't matter what group they have out there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I agree. And I'm glad you brought up the great Popovich, great Popovich uh, coaching point because, you know, he's one of those guys that I don't care what you put in front of him. He knows how to make, get the best out of his players. He knows how to put his players in the best position for them to be successful on the court. And, you know, we, we had some of the best players in the world coming together. Even and and think not- about this, Mike. Think about this, Mike. You want to hear his coaching staff, Steve Kerr and Brad Stevens. Come on now. Come on now. Come right. on now, yeah. Mike. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Those are those are some of the top coaches in the league, especially with Brad Stevens. You know, I love I love what he's done over there in Boston. But you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Having that, those brilliant minds, those brilliant basketball minds, along with along with these players, I mean, I, I still give us the nod against anybody. You, I expect us to come back with the chip. Now, any dark horses? Now, I'm not really looking into the FIBA World Championships. I'm more engaged and enthused about next year in the summer games in Tokyo. But any dark horses, Giannis is with Greece. You've got Serbia with Nikola Jokic and, and some other players. Any dark horses if USA were to really stumble against somebody? Yeah, I would say Greece with Giannis. I definitely would say Greece, Greece because Giannis is that type of guy who could take over a game by himself. And uh, he has experience going up against guys like this. And to be honest with you, there's nobody on this USA team that can really match up with him. It would take a total team effort in order to contain Giannis. So I would say, I would say Giannis because of, just his freakish ability and what he can do uh, and how he could just, just completely take over the game by himself. Okay. Out of that, I don't see anybody else. All right, definitely there. Typically in this situation, I'd say Australia, um, but I think Australia will have their, their more superior team next year with uh, Mazdaf and, you know, Ben Simmons, potentially Patty Mills. They've always given the USA problems, Australia with their yes. good talent, Aaron Baines. So I think next year in the summer games, you'll see the, the more complete team, as well, but I'm gonna say it's Spain, Mike. I mean, Spain has always been a, a very tough one for USA. I know they played an exhibition the other day, uh, USA won by 10. But the thing I like about Spain, Mike, is regardless if they're old or if they're new, the continuity and the team is still intact. Rudy Fernandez is still playing, the Gasol, uh, Mark Gasol is still on this team, Rubio is yep. still on this team, and they have Serge Ibaka on the team as well. And so, I think. A team like Spain, who has the size advantage and the girth and mass inside, and the low post play with the Ibaka and Gasol, who both play with each other in, in Toronto, can really be a problem for USA uh, when they play their small ball. And so I'm, I'm gonna say Spain. Um, I know they they lost to USA here in the in the states by ten points, but losing to USA by ten points 
isn't a knock to you. And so I think they go into this world championship with their heads held high. Um, and I'm excited to see what they do. What about a team like Canada, Mike? Um, I know Kelly O'Leonard got hurt. They still got Andrew Wiggins, who hasn't panned out to what he's supposed to be. Anthony Bennett's on the team as well. What about a team like Canada? What do you expect from them? I expect them to make some similar songs, uh, some similar some noise. I expect them to, uh, you know, uh, to be be semi competitive. Um, you know, kind kind of get get far, but I, I feel like if they run it, if they would have run into USA, I think they might get knocked off by a team before USA. But if they definitely would have run into USA, I think USA would give it to them because you know the, the, we just have we just literally have the best players in the in the world and. You know, it, it's certain players. It, it, we have the collection of great players. It's certain teams out there in other countries that have maybe one or two good players, uh, like elite players, NBA-type players, but we have a collection of NBA players. And I think that's our depth, our consistent depth year after year is what separates us from other countries. And I, I, I fully expect – I think Canada can definitely make some noise. But I think if they run into – I think we, the USA would be too much of a juggernaut for them. And it's a few other teams like Spain. And the, the, and possibly Australia that can give them some some uh, some go as well. Definitely there as well. Another team to potentially watch for maybe even this year or next year in the Olympics is France with Tony Parker, Nicholas Batum, and the Stifle Tower himself and Rudy Gobert. Uh, always a, a team like France who's really hard to game plan for with how they play with their versatility in there. But nevertheless, it could be the NBA. It could be the NFL. It could be hockey, baseball. It could be you know, floor hockey, whatever it is. Myself and Michael Gray keeps you intact with it. For myself and Mike from the DMV area, we want to say so long from now inside the studios of WNSC. Hey. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes? Have no fear. The Sebi Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info info for any of our audio segments on spotify and itunes and some of our streaming visuals on our youtube website and links there at sebipodcast.info some cool merch if you want to dm us and send us all of your email requests we'll be sure to get them here on the sebi podcast experience and remember folks whether you're listening on air or viewing online sebi podcast is wherever you go and that is the slogan